Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Amanda. My name is Sophie. And in today's episode, we're excited to welcome a very special guest. Our guest today is an award-winning entrepreneur and TEDx speaker. She is a podcast host, independent diversity consultant, and recognised for her support for women in business. As author of the newly released Unprepared to Entrepreneur, she was named the winner of the most influential women in tech by the Women in Software Changemaker. As one of the top 50 BAME entrepreneurs under 50, I'm so glad to introduce Sonia Barlow, founder of Like-Minded Females. Welcome, Sonia. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. That was such a great introduction. Thank you. Sometimes I forget that you're talking about me. (laughs) It makes me all excited to be like, oh, who is this person? And I realise that it's me. So that's maybe my (laughs) imposter creeping up or it's just my lack of self-awareness. I'm not sure. (laughs) Honestly, no. You've done done amazingly well. So well done to you. I don't know. I mean, how did you go about starting Like-Minded Female? So the, the very honest truth is when I set out to start like-minded females, it was not meant to be anything. I want to make that really clear to everyone, right? So I graduated in 2015, fell into the world of tech, and I genuinely mean fell in. For those who are listening right now who have completed a degree or finished some form of education, you say yes to the first role that comes along because you think no one else is going to employ you, right? You already come out with a, with a sense of imposter that you didn't even realize you had. And so that is fundamentally what happened. That community is still building and you're still progressing. And what happened was in 2018, I was between two roles. And I remember leaving my one role to go to my second new workplace. And whilst I left my first role, I'd been there for about two years. And I had no leaving card. My manager just didn't even show up. I thought there'd be a leaving lunch, but nobody even knew I was leaving. And basically, I walked out kind of mad, but really upset because you know, you, you've invested two years of your life in this company. The least someone can do is at least say bye. And I remember walking to the tube station, which felt like an extremely long walk, thinking, I'm actually such a loner. I have no, like, real friends in my, in my career. I don't know who to talk to about career progression. And I started reflecting on the fact that I'm just someone's, like, daughter or girlfriend or, like, employee. I didn't really know what Sonia Barlow, who Sonia Barlow stood for. So long story short, I reached out to a university friend um, called Dewey. And I said, do you want to go to these like networking events in London? Because you know what, we need to find a network. And I, I'm a bit scared to do it alone. So we started going and I simply put, a lot of the events were asking for tons of money. It was like, oh, you know, pay two grand to be a part of this like exclusive members club and then pay 50 pounds extra to be in the events. So you're like, wow, I'm actually one, a graduate, two poor because I live in London and three, this is more than I earn in a month. It's disappointing. So out of complete frustration, I basically reactivated my LinkedIn. I hadn't had social media for three years at that point. I had about 100 connections. I went, made a LinkedIn group. I think I called it like, I don't remember, it wasn't called like-minded females to begin with. But I was like, right, I'm just going to talk about career and career and post all these like topics. Two weeks later, I got super excited. I started planning an event. I was like, I love brunch. Women must love brunch. Let's just all have brunch together. And two weeks later, planned our first brunch event walked into to the brunch venue super excited like yeah I found my people my people are going to be here waiting had like all these like you know uh I know it sounds really silly now but I had all these 
projections about like, well, we're all going to take all these selfies together and we're going to have like really nice brunch shots and we're going to be besties. We're going to go on holiday. No one showed up. No one showed up to the first, the second or the third. And that's actually how like Minor Female started was from a failed brunch event. But what I carried on doing was I realized that I still needed community. And I went back and reflected on why people didn't come. To summarize that experience or the success that we've had in the last kind of 18 to 24 months, I just carried on doing what we're doing, reminding people that it's okay to fail and that sometimes good things come out of bad situations. Instead of doing brunches, we started doing workshops, online events, and just building a social community. Despite all of that, like-minded females, the title itself was actually a name that my partner came up with because he was joking. It was a joke. It was like, oh, you're going to go and meet, you know, what, like-minded females for brunch. And I was like, yes, I am. That's a great name. I'm going to take that. Googled it. No one had taken it. I was like, cool, trademark, that's mine. And then whilst we started building this organic community, companies started reaching out, communities started reaching out. I, I had the pleasure of working with tons of great people over the world. And today, without any social media spend, without any digital adverts, without any promo, we've grown to a community of over 35,000. We've upskilled over 7,000 people. We have the largest mentoring program to come out of the UK with over 600 participants in 14 countries. We have had our Instagram hacked. So we had to start from scratch in Jan 2020. And Jan 2021, someone hacked or stole our website domain. So now the like-minded females domain is actually on sale for 10K. And so now we're the LMF network. Right. So many people don't remember or don't even know or don't understand that we've had the failures along the way and equally having no money to do so and realizing you don't need to pay so much money to meet people that, you know, we, we have the Internet for that. Why would I want to? Why should I have to? The, that is the truth of, of the story. That's amazing. And how did taking like-minded females develop into your own consultancy business? Jan 2019, I was in between my second and third job. And I had a couple of weeks off. So I thought, right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go and network. I'm just going to go meet people. I'm just going to do like lots of coffee meets and I'm walking and talking. And at the same time, randomly, I was approached by three companies. And this is when we really started kicking off. And by that, I mean, that's the first time we had our Instagram. We didn't really have a sense of community. We were just building. One Santander got in touch and said, we want you to come and do a workshop on how you build confidence and community because we've seen the work you're doing online and remember I'd only been on LinkedIn for like four months by then which is really weird but BBC got in touch and said we see that you run a tech community we'd love to know how Brexit is going to impact you and I was like I have no clue but I'm going to pretend and I'm going to learn and it took about 48 hours of me doing really deep learning into Brexit and I went on the radio to talk about it in that month was Royal Mail got in touch. And again, someone who had attended the brunch really liked it. She wanted me to come in and give a session on community building. I did not know that you could charge for these things. So I did all of that for free. I went to Santander's head office for a whole day, gave workshops to over 120 people, two workshops across the day. And I was just happy that they paid for my train ticket and bought me lunch. But from that, we then carried on. Volunteers got in touch. Other companies reached out. I decided to have a quite a strategically wing it mentality where it was like, if I can do something 60%, you may as well give it a whirl. And it wasn't until I unfortunately left my day job in October 2019 that I decided it could be something. And that happened around the same time that one, I had a team from PwC come and commission me for a workshop. And I'd been doing this for nine months now, building a community for over a year. I knew my worth. And so I put a figure onto it and they gave me money. And I was like, wow, 
I should have asked for more. And then King came along and King and the founders of Candy Crush. And turns out someone who had been in those workshops in January had recommended me for a workshop in November. And they not only flew me out to Berlin and paid for my expenses, but also gave me money to deliver a workshop on neurodiversity to their company, which was one of the best workshops they've had. Those two experiences, I decided that I was going to give it a go. And that was as much as it started with. I had savings. I didn't want to go back into the corporate world. I'd already had a couple of bad experiences. So I thought I'd give it a go. And that giving it a go mentality is literally why today, one, I'm on this podcast. So thank you so much if I haven't already said so. But two, I have a successful consultancy, a community that I'm building. I've won numerous awards. I've been able to write a book. Most of that is because I gave myself a bit of time. I championed myself and I had faith. I think that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I really admire the fact that like-minded females was born out of something that you wanted for yourself as well. You know, that was a need that you needed. And then you went to go and search for other females who also probably wanted the same thing. And it became something really successful, even in times of hardship. I think one thing I do want to ask you is how important do you feel that is to have a certain brand and image for yourself carrying out your business very important if I was to rate it out of one to five it'd be like five out of five one because as a society we are taught that you must only have a personal brand when you're looking for a job that isn't true the reality is that we are now virtual we are global we are interconnected Over 3 billion of us are online. That's over 50% of the global population. We spend about three hours a day on social media. The point is we are looking for connectivity. We're looking for community. Over 90% of us are looking for connections. Over 70% looking for community. And it comes from psychological need. If you just go back down to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sense of belonging comes before we even have self-exercisation or confidence within ourselves as humans. The idea of having a personal brand is not to show off and not to say, here is my online CV. It's to say, here is who I am, what I'm passionate about. I would love to interact with people who have the same or similar views so that we can discuss, we can grow, we can build together. That is personal branding. But in the same way, in the same respect that you would Google a restaurant before you go and eat, you will look for the hotel and its ratings before you book You are now looking for that sense of friendship through people online and Googling them or searching for them to see if they match what you think you may need or what you can offer. Why? One, because I believe that as a society, we've gone into panic mode. We're overworking, overcompensating, overwhelming ourselves with information, with tasks, trying to be productive and yet not being productive. Two, There is definitely a need for community and we are confusing that with following versus substance. Now there's a lot of communities that exist who have put thousands of pounds of digital spend behind their social adverts and sponsorship and then have or communicate to say, we have grown by X amount in this time, but you haven't, you've sponsored it. We've never used any advertising. And so what I mean by that is, is it a community or a digital spend? There are two different things. And lastly, when it comes to personal branding, it's important that we believe that we are our own biggest cheerleaders and self-promotion is super important. If you don't self-promote yourself, nobody else will, right? So if you're Amanda, I don't have time to self-promote you. How much can I really 
self-promote and elevate you to people because I don't know you I don't know USP I don't know your mindset through personal branding you are able to amplify your USP your power your story that makes you different that's why people buy into your story I'm very honest on social media about I was nominated for an award I didn't win I failed I procrastinated you know I, I haven't won bids I haven't won business I have been hacked plentiful times I'm not afraid of sharing the reality because the truth is that we are finessing the reality into what we want people to believe. And that pretty aesthetic is negatively impacting our wellness, our mental health and our, our belief in ourselves. So again, just to summarize and answer your question, because I believe I've definitely gone on a tangent. It's personal branding is important for you to remind yourself of how capable you are and what success means to you and what you can offer. It's important for you as a business because fundamentally you are your business as an entrepreneur or freelancer, but it's important for businesses around you so they can see what you have to offer, what makes you different and what your power is very blatantly and then, you know, include themselves in your mission, your vision and your future. And with your own personal brand in mind, how do you adapt or evolve it to new avenues? So from like-minded females to the consultancy, to the podcast, to the book, do you adapt your brand or is it key to keep the core elements of your brand? Um, I have to say that I am terrible because I've probably adapted my brand like 17 times in 24 months. Or my question to you is, what do you mean by that? Like, do you mean colors? Because that's an evolution. Do you mean brand presence? Because that's an evolution. Everything is an evolution and it's completely fine. What people mistake about personal branding is that you have to have everything done in the beginning. Absolutely not. It is It is growth. It's progression. What you know today, you did not know 18 months ago. And so it's not, you cannot by any means be able to do everything in one go. You have to give yourself a fair chance to try to fail and to try again, as with any personal brand. So even if you look at my Instagram as an example, I started really using Instagram April 2020, though I got it, though I actually got it for the first time in April 2019, I didn't really use it, I didn't quite understand the power of it. But in the beginning, I had no idea what to post. So I would spend ages just thinking about what to post, is it good enough, does it need a filter, does it not need a filter, what's the reason? Then I took a step back and realized that's really bad for my mental health, I actually can't handle Instagram, it's super negative for me. So I started building, like simple example being, I do a graphic picture, graphic picture. I then evolved it to say, actually, content pieces are really informative. People like to know how to do stuff. So I have a how-to, a picture, then I have a motivational quote, then a picture, then a repost, then a picture. And so I structured the personal brand. I've also then evolved my colors. So I stick to that coral pink, the reds, the yellows, to remind people that that's who I am. It aligns with the LMF brands, but it's not the same colors. It's similar. And now with my book coming out, it's actually the cover of my book is that reddish pink that I use in the yellow. So again, everything is coming into what, but that's taken me about 18 months to 24 months to realize what is important. Equally, your personal brand will evolve as your mindset does. So as important gender equality and diversity was to me two years ago, it wasn't as important as it is today because I didn't know that I could be an expert or a coach and I didn't educate myself in the same respect. So yes, your personal brand will grow and that's fine. You will face rejections. You will get things wrong. People won't admire, won't like everything you're doing. And that's okay too. I did a campaign with Monkey that's just come out. If you had told me that I'd be working one of the largest fashion brands in the world, I would have absolutely laughed. But Monkey, that's massive. 
but at the same respect 99% of people be like that's epic Sonia like you've started a conversation you're on this platform wow that's amazing 1% have come back being like you could have said more you could have done different why don't you know someone even sent me a YouTube link yesterday being like oh if you're trying to get into public speaking here's a link that you can follow and I'm like I literally have two TED talks I've done like 28 keynotes monkey reduced a video from 50 minutes to a minute I couldn't get everything sentimented that I wanted but it's a, it's a starting of a conversation the old me would have probably focused on the one percent to be like oh people don't like it but actually you have to measure your own version of success and with starting conversations your personal brand is evolving as you are right even this podcast I can only assume that the first time you did the podcast is different to how you're not how you're doing it now because you've evolved that idea of evolution is so important because what we think as humans is we failed, we've made a mistake. But what companies think, what businesses think, they're evolving, they're upgrading, they're innovating. We have to use that same energy and think as humans, we are always evolving. And that means trying new things, coming out of our comfort zones and challenging ourselves in a way that we wouldn't have before. I think it's, um, it's so important, the fact that, you know, life is, in general, is just an iterative process. You'll never get it right the first time. And um, I know you briefly mentioned that, you know, you mentioned your book. So I'd just like to say congratulations, firstly, on releasing Unprepared to Entrepreneur. And could you just tell us a little bit more about it and why you wanted to, you know, actually start writing it? Jan 2020, I decided to launch a business. March 2020, the pandemic hit. 75% of my income went in March. I had no revenue in April or May 2020. Nothing. But businesses were tight, budgets were gone, my sponsorships were all cancelled. But at the same time, I had tons of people messaging me and be like, oh, you've started LMS, it's so successful, you're running a business, it's so successful. I'm like, is it successful or am I just strategically winging it? And that's my like, I guess my um, tagline is I strategically wing stuff. Well, basically what that means is anything that I think I can do 60% of, I'll do. If I don't, I'll pass it on to a friend or a neighbor. And turns out a lot of senior leaders, a lot of stakeholders, a lot of people in power or positions or successful people are doing the same thing. You say yes to what you think you can do and then you learn on the way. And so I started a podcast called Strategically Winging It and that's the essence of that. I was very fortunate that whilst I was starting that podcast, I delivered a workshop on LinkedIn for a friend, I guess, that I'd met during the pandemic online. And this is why being connected online is so important. I shared the fact that one day I'd love to write my own book. Little did I know that she actually had an editor who was looking for new talent. And so we connected. I told her about my idea to say, there's a lot of stories out there. And unfortunately, a lot of the media perpetuates the same or similar stories. I am not a white man who's come from a sense of privilege or wealth. I am a self-made business person. But a lot of the media shows the same or similar stories. So someone who may have gained 32 million in funding, 42 million in funding, 10 million in funding, that's one version of entrepreneurship, but that's not everyone's entrepreneurship. There are so many people are trying to start side hustles and passive incomes and businesses. You know, there is a large small business economy that many people don't realize that are doing it from their homes or juggling lifestyles. And so I wanted to fundamentally write a book on what it really means to be an entrepreneur, taking into account social media, hacking, digital spend, things going wrong, how to pitch for new business, how to do budgets and cash flows, but also how to build your own personal brand and identify yourself as a leader. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you're not just a business owner, you're 
an accountant, you're a marketing manager, you're a PR manager, you're a, you're a leader, you're a social influencer. No one teaches you these things and there's no guidebook. So the premise of the book is unprepared to entrepreneur is fundamentally that many of us aren't prepared to entrepreneur. We don't know what to do. There's no guide to say, here's the step-by-step. When you go online, you can have 3 million searches come up in 80 seconds to tell you how to do something. But the problem is it doesn't tell you in what way. And then we're not incorporating the stories of real people who are doing real things. So the, the book has case studies, over 20 case studies from just normal people across the world, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. It tells you a lot about what you can be doing, a lot of the mistakes I've made and these kind of interviewees have made and what you shouldn't be doing. But lastly, most importantly, it tells you right at the beginning, this book is not for you to read in one go. You read it, you pick it up, you absorb it, you put it down and you pick, pick it back up when you're ready for the next phase. That's why it's important. And I definitely think it's debunking the world of work. It's also addressing how important technology and innovation is in us building businesses. But equally, as somebody who studied business as a degree, I don't know how to do basic taxes or invoices or write a professional email. Those are the business acumen skills you need, not how to manage a HR function in Brazil for 100 people, right? That's what they're teaching you at uni. And so I guess I'm just really comfortable in trying to be a change leader or change maker um, and put forward the day-to-day experiences of normal people and elevate them in a platform which they may not have themselves whilst challenging the myths that are so consistent around business and entrepreneurship and the types of entrepreneurs that exist. I'm a social entrepreneur, which means I run a not-for-profit and I do a lot of things for social good. Unfortunately, in today's definition of entrepreneurship, that still isn't considered a real entrepreneur, which makes no sense to me. And that is both why it exists, what it includes, and how I think it can help someone. So what are the challenges you faced in building your own business and how did you overcome them? Such a great question. The first thing is, and referring back to the idea of imposter syndrome, I realized that I was an imposter as a soloist, which meant that I tend to take on all the tasks myself and believe that I don't either need people's help or I'm a burden. So when I first started building my business, I wouldn't ask for help because I think that that, I I thought that that would mean that I'm weak, that I don't know what I'm doing, that people wouldn't take me seriously. What I learned is you have to ask for help because you don't know anything. You have an idea, you're planting that idea and that's as much as you can do. And so I started reaching out to my network, basic things like how do I write an expense and where can I work from? And how do I charge? And do I even charge VAT, right? Basic questions. And it was amazing that people came back, not only helping me, but sending me videos and organizing coffee meets and taking me through the processes. And that was beautiful. The second is that I think people think you need a lot of money. You don't. LMF, again, for all transparency, we've been around since 2018. We've only actually started making money in 2021. Since then, it's been self-funded. We haven't needed a lot of money because there's so much you can do right now online that doesn't require you to, to pay. But that doesn't mean that it's not effective. Third is that entrepreneurship is all about uh, profit-making, going to VC investment, getting funding, absolutely not. There are large parts of entrepreneurship, which is bootstrapping, which means you fund your own business model because you don't want to give an equity share. We equally as a model have a franchise in Canada. 
So we have a, found, a Canadian chapter founder who was smashing it out there as well called Benish. And I'm dealing with kind of the HQ branch. So, you know, one of it is, yes, you need money. The other one alongside that is you can't be an entrepreneur if you haven't raised an investment. That's a lie. I'm an entrepreneur. I've raised a business. It's successful. What is your version of success? My version of success this year was just to make 12K. That was my version of success. That's basic living wage. I've crippled that. Very happy about it. But that was my version of success. So that's another debunk or assumption is that one person's version of success in business is the same as somebody else's. Absolutely not. And the last one is the reasons as to why you're doing it. I mean, I'd love to be like be Forbes 30 and 30 and be on covers, of course, but that wasn't the main driver. The main driver is because I was tired of being bullied in the workplace. I felt like I didn't have a community. I felt like I was quite a loner. I had a bad place and I didn't want other people to feel it. But also I realized and championed that my USP is my voice and my ability to communicate. So how do I use that to educate others, to learn from others and to grow myself? I left a really good salary. I was on, I was probably like, you know, top 5% of UK earners. I was in that bracket. I'm not that now, but I've never been happier. Entrepreneurship has helped my mental health. It has helped my scheduling of my own calendar. It's allowed me to be flexible in a way that I didn't know. And also it's opened me up to learning all these different skills that many people don't even know exist in our day-to-day. I think that's great. You're someone that, you know, you obviously like to keep busy and try new things. You know whether it's going to go right or wrong, but just the fact that you want to try it, I think it's, it's, it's so great to be curious as an entrepreneur as well, you know, to want to be able to experiment things in order to better yourself and your business. But can you see yourself doing anything else? I mean, are there any other ventures that maybe you'd like to explore? Where could you see yourself in five years? You know, honestly, I want my own talk show. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to do the last few weeks. I want my own talk show so I started a podcast and obviously we've spoken about the podcast in reality I find running a podcast super challenging people don't talk about the challenges of a podcast you're recording it you're then having to remember to edit you're then having to go and edit set you know build the marketing assets digital assets etc as much as podcasting is growing into the future there's a lot of commitment of time and resources that's required I think I prefer to have live conversations without any filters without any editing online and so once my book is done I'm going to take a couple of weeks off I'm then going to focus on uh, converting LMF into a charity which is our next step we're currently a CAC so we're a community interest company but we're actually converting into a full-fledged charity hopefully by the end of the year I'm also going to for my own consultancy brand hire a few people which I never thought I'd be doing but actually now it's time to scale up which is amazing And then come the summer, I've decided that no one's really going to just give me a talk show. So I need to prove my worth. And going back to your point, Amanda, it's I believe in trying because it's a way to prove your worth and to show that you are who you are. And so I will start my own talk show of some kind, live streaming through LinkedIn Live and YouTube. And that's the premise. It'll be interviewing people. It'll be having discussions. It'll be talking about things which are really relevant. It'll be no more than half an hour. It'll be short and snappy, but it'll be on forums so you can listen back to it. It can then be produced into a podcast. But what I realize is I've kind of gone full circle. So that's one thing I'd love to do. The second thing is I am a big advocate of mental health, especially coming from South Asian minority group, which we don't really talk about mental health very openly. 
So I'd love to become more of an advocate, a campaigner. I also have chronic migraines, so I have invisible to disability, and most people don't believe me. And bring those kind of, you know, into light. And the last thing is once you write your first book, you can't help but think about your second one. And it's super difficult to write a book. Um, it's actually, it's like dissertation times 100. It's so hard. But I'm pretty sure that I'd love to write another book. But it won't be um, a nonfiction. I want to get into kids' books. And I want to portray what I had. So a great example being I come from a Pakistani household. You know, a lot of kids' books like, oh, we're going to the shop and we're buying this. We used to go to the shop to buy ingredients for like biryani or, you know, a cake that someone made or kheer or, or, or like, you know, basic things is what I'm trying to say. My experience of growing up was so different and I don't think that's communicated in the books of today, which makes you feel like you don't belong. So a really simple example being when we used to celebrate Christmas, the world told me that I have to have a roast dinner. But actually, my grandfather is very traditional. So he'd have like kebab rolls and chicken curry and naan and, you know, rotis and 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 chai and everything. And I was partially embarrassed to go to my friends because they'd be like, what did you have for Christmas, Sonia? I'm like, oh, so I went to church and I came home and I had a really heavy Pakistani dish. Like that was, I just found it embarrassing to say that out loud. I'm not sure what it was. I think a lot of it is through like stories perpetuated in the media. And so basically, I just want to bring these narratives into light. And I now have two nieces, um, my my cousin's daughter and my brother's daughter. And I just want them to grow up in a world where they don't have to pretend or be ashamed like I was, if, if that makes sense. So going back to one of the points you made, Amanda, before is a lot of the work I do comes from me just realizing that I wish I had this or my own bad place, or realizing that maybe this forum doesn't exist, how do we make it happen? So those are the three things. One is kids' books, two is my own talk show, um, and three is hiring and, and scaling up my business. We're definitely holding you accountable for that now. <laughs> yeah, those are some amazing goals. Um, and definitely achievable with how much you've achieved in the short time since starting like-minded females we have every faith in you um so just to round it off finally if you could give one piece of advice to anybody thinking of starting a business and being the best version of themselves what would it be fail fast don't be afraid to try failure is the most how do i say this and articulate it Failure is the one universal denominator that everyone has, right? If we think about one thing that everyone has, it's the ability to fail. It's the fact that we have all failed. And yet failure is the one thing that despite everyone going through it, we choose to either ignore or we don't want to discuss or we're so ashamed or embarrassed about. Failure is the one, one single unanimous thing that brings us together. Right, race doesn't, culture doesn't, tradition doesn't, experiences don't. It's the fact that everyone has once failed. And what I've learned is the quicker you fail, the faster you can pick yourself back up. You can learn, you can try again. Don't be afraid of failing, be afraid of not trying. 
for me, failure, and I say this in my TED talk, ironically, I failed so hard that I ended the year doing a TED talk on failing, which I just think is the most ironic thing. But failure comes from resilience. What I mean by that is failure is a muscle that we must strengthen, we must massage. Once we understand that we have this muscle, whatever muscle it may be, the same way that we look at our arms or we look at our legs and we're like, okay, we need to strengthen certain muscles in our body, even our brain. It's like, okay, if we strengthen it, make it stronger, that just means we're going to be more comfortable when we do fail. We're not going to be afraid to be honest. And the reason why I'm so honest when I do podcasts or interviews like this is because I'm not afraid of looking like an idiot because actually some of the times I am an idiot and that's fine. I'm not afraid of failing because more times than not, if I don't give myself a chance, then nobody else will. And one of the reasons why I share my existence or my goals into life is exactly to your point, Amanda, is to keep me accountable because I've said it, I now have to do it. And that's what motivates me. Failing is the one universal thing we all have. And if you think about it, when you're going out for dinner, when you're going to meet your friends, when you're going to the supermarket, if there's a roadblock or if the tube isn't working, you find an alternative route. That's still failing your, your, your kind of like current route, but it's a temporary disruptor. Failure is the same thing. It's not saying, hey, you can't do it. It's saying, Sonia, the path you've taken is not the path that you must go on today. Jump in an Uber, take another tube, get a bike, go and, go and walk two hours, do what you need to do but still you get to your end goal. And that's so important, right? If you think about it, the LMF network, our Instagram was hacked Jan 2020, just before the pandemic. That was a massive failure. We didn't stop, we carried on. Our website was hacked. We didn't stop, we carried on. If, if we hadn't failed in those areas, we wouldn't have known that it was possible. And we wouldn't have added the extra security that you needed so that it doesn't return or it doesn't happen again. Imagine being hacked when you have like 50k followers versus you know 5k that's significant we now won't get to that situation because we've already dealt with it at the beginning so the quicker you fail the faster you learn the more that you can become the best version of yourself because you've already gone and jumped through the hurdles that existed honestly i think that's an amazing piece of advice fail fast i mean it basically means the, the quicker you get it done, the more you can sort of get on with it. Um, and you know, we really appreciate you for being so honest and transparent today. Um, so thank you so much for your time. If our listeners want to find you anywhere on social media, I mean, where can they where can they reach out to you? Yeah, everywhere. Um, <laughs> genuinely, if you uh, Google me, you'll find all my socials. But equally, my socials are at Sonia Barlow UK. S-O-N-Y-A-B-A-R-L-O-W-U-K. LMF Network is at LMF Network. Um, I encourage you all to follow, to connect. On my LinkedIn, I have a follow button because I work closely with LinkedIn and that's something which we've now incorporated. On my Instagram, of course, you can connect with me on my Twitter. I actively read DMs. I get in touch with people, send through anything which may be of interest. I love hearing people's problems and giving them solutions. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I do want to add is when you learn something, when you know something that's really important in my perspective to share with other people, I think you have to be very selfless in your approach. And what I mean by that is I've been able to express my views, but equally grow because once I championed myself, I then had community members that championed me too. 
and it's really important to believe and evolve your community in the same way that you do and the only way you can do that is by giving back um, and I think that's fundamental to the circle of life but also to society and maybe that's my social entrepreneur coming into play um, but that is that that's yeah th those are kind of my pieces of advice if if, if that's okay no, that's really handy. And um, also, even just to add on to that, I mean, where can we find your new book? So our starting entrepreneurs have have a sort of resource to to get them started. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for asking. Um, it is now on Amazon and it will be on the Kogan page website also, who are my publishers. It comes out in October, but we can pre-order from today. You can get it in paperback or hardback. And I'm hoping that by the time it comes out in October, we can do a virtual and an in-person book launch. So it'll be super exciting to have everyone who wants to start a business all in one room. And then we can just, you know, learn, grow and exchange kind of virtual business cards and just help each other thrive. Amazing. Thank you so much for today, Sonia. This has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded pod. With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week.